Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 107. I'm doing some quick catch-ups today with some people. (laughs) That's what's happening today. So I'm going to do a uh, quick catch-up with Highway Superstar, see what he's been up to, and then we're going to do Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick, and uh, then we're going to catch up with RF Extreme, who has... A very funny story about being an extra in a porn film. So I should remind you guys that Beyond Synth is an adult program because we will be uh, saying some very adult things. Although it's not necessarily swear words this time, just adult situations. But that's why there's that warning at the start of the show. Sometimes there's people with very sensitive ears who can't handle certain phrases, which you're going to hear today, but it's a fun story. I... <laughs> Anyways, listen, Beyond Synth, you know, I actually have a few sponsors this week. And so I'll be reading them out uh, throughout the program. And also, I have some more codes, download codes to give away. This week, uh, we will be giving away download codes from Time Slaves Recordings and uh, the album Zayaz. Or Zayaz? Z-A-Y-A-Z. I don't think I've ever asked how it's pronounced. Zayaz. 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 Okay, I'm going to say Zayaz. Anyways, uh, it's a cool album, and uh, I'll be giving away download codes for that, so you can uh, go get it. And that'll be a lot of fun. I'm also changing things up a bit on the show. I can't believe it took... I had a four-hour conversation with Hoo-Ha, and... The takeaway from it from me was, why am I telling people to send their music to the Facebook page and the SoundCloud page and the Twitter account when they should just be sending it to one place? Especially since I receive so much music each month, it would make my job so much easier if all the music went to the same place. So, as of now, if you have any tracks or music you want to send to me to listen to, send it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know why it's taken me, like, four years to figure that one out. (laughs) Because I'm always, literally, at the end, usually every two weeks, uh, sometimes once a month if I get really busy, I just go through all of my messages on Facebook, SoundCloud, the personal Facebook account, Twitter, and the Gmail account, and make sure that I've responded to everybody and make sure that I've listened to everybody's music. And it's, like, a big job. It's crazy. Like, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Anyway, uh, listen, let's listen to some music, and then we'll get this show started. So here's a new one by Otto Vampire with the track, The Streets Are Mine. We'll 
And that was The Streets Are Mine by Otto Vampire. I think he wants it said that way. I mean, there's no E on the end, right? And that's when it would be vampire. Unless he still wants it pronounced vampire, but he doesn't have the E. But when I had to see vampire without the E, I just want to say vampire. You know, like the way they say in the movie? The vampire. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe it's vampire. Who knows? He can let me know. The bottom line is, it's cool music. Now, Beyond Scent today, you know, it's brought to you by Piccolo Joe. Piccolo Joe creates vintage-style T-search. T-shirts. They make T-shirts over there at uh, Piccolo Joe. No, they make T-shirts that uh, draw inspiration from 80s and 90s films, art, and fashion. Did you know? And maybe you didn't. The T-shirts are the staple of uh, any man or woman's wardrobe. You know, but for Piccolo Joe, it's more than just a T-shirt. You know, their aim is to create vibrant, eye-popping designs that are bound to get people talking. All right? But that's not all. For every new collection, there will be one limited edition t-shirt. Uh, and once they're gone, that's it. Game over, man. Game over. All right? So check out Piccolo Joe. They make fun shirts. That's uh, piccolojoe.com. P-I-C-C-O-L-O-J-O-E dot com. Piccolo Joe. Now, I'm still debating what I should do for these giveaways. I think sometimes... I ask like a trivia question and that seems to be too much for people, so maybe I'll just make it easy this week. Because really I want to start getting people uh, communicating with the Beyond Synth email address. That's the important thing this week. Because, uh, yeah, that's just, that's it. So how about this? How about we listen to a track from the Zayas album and then I'll tell you what to do to get a copy of it. So this is a cool track. This is Night Racer by Zayas.
And that was Night Racer by Zayaz. And uh, that's a cool track, a cool album. Self-titled. So the album is also called Zayaz. Two words that I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing correctly. If you want a copy, I've got a few download codes to give away. So here's what you got to do. Email beyondsynth at gmail.com and say, I would like a copy of that album. And then I'll uh, send you a download code if you are the first... How many codes do I have? Five? I think I've got five codes. So first five people, there's five codes. So if you want a copy of the album, send me an email to beyondsynth at gmail.com and say, I would like a copy of that album. Or a sentence to that effect, I don't even care. It's like, every week I try and be clever with it. Like, it's like, oh, I'll ask a trivia question. I'm done doing that. It's too much work. But please follow my fucking instructions. You get no download code if you message me on Facebook, or on Twitter, or anywhere else, or the comments section. None. You have to email. That's it. But then it's so simple. You guys know how to use email, right? I hope you do. Now, Beyond Synth this week has another sponsor, all right? And of course, I'm talking about Retro Revolutions. All right, Retro Revolutions, and this is what they had to say. Retro Revolutions, taking old electronics and turning it into new stuff. From gaming consoles to a wristwatch, if it can be tricked out, we do it. Ever had a thought, you know, I wish I could build this? Let us show you how. Watch us tackle our clients' build requests, all whilst we have smooth synthwave in the background. Want to see your track on Retro Revolutions on YouTube? Then email them at retrorevolutionsdesigns at gmail.com. That's R-E-T-R-O-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. D-E-S-I-G-N-S Retro Revolutions Designs at gmail.com And if you're on Twitter, check them out at RetroFaithGames R-E-T-R-O-F-A-I-T-H-G-A-M-E-S RetroFaithGames on Twitter And remember to keep it locked to Beyond Synth As Andy showcases the best Synthwave has to offer Well, that's nice of you to promote me in your spot but it is unnecessary so retro revolutions uh check them out it's cool what they do basically they they mod out and trick like old retro electronics and things uh game systems and stuff they make like custom builds of like physical machines and uh it's pretty cool stuff so you can watch their videos and um the guys from retro revolutions were also asking me to ask you guys that if you think that's cool and if you're a synthwave artist who wants uh to help out and maybe like uh, let them use some of your tracks while they uh build cool things uh because that's the whole point of the channel they're showing cool builds going on and they want to play like synthwave music in the background and so check it out and if you think it's cool uh send them a message and say uh you know hey you can use some of my tracks or whatever because it's uh it's a beautiful marriage of things we all love retro consoles and synthwave so check out retro revolutions uh it's good for you it's good for me uh it's good for everybody so how about this we're gonna listen to another track and then we'll go to my conversation with highway superstar so here is a track by deaf neon from the album deaf neon this is night vision
And that was Night Vision by Def Neon from 2016. Uh, it's a cool track. And uh, now let us go to my conversation with Highway Superstar. All right, and I'm here with Highway Superstar. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Andy, what's up? You having a good day? Night? Uh, having a great day. It's 8 p.m. now. It was pretty sunny all day long. And now... <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this going. Keep this energy up. So, we have. When was, when's the last time you were on the show? Was it last year? Uh, I think so. It was when Endgame came out, right? Or was Endgame just coming out? I think it was right after. Yeah, yeah, because right we talked about Endgame. your music music video and stuff, right? True. Yeah. <laughs> My memory's going away. I can barely remember people's names, let alone yeah. if I actually talk to them. It's the age, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, and having kids. You've got one more than I have, so I guess that gets pretty uh, tiring. Wait, you got two? Yeah. Hold on. Sword on you. I feel like I should have known that because I I probably did. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) My son, I talk about him because he's always playing video games, but the other one's a baby, right? So uh, she's not really doing too much. Yeah, I I feel like your son's about to open his own Let's Play channel or something. He's at that point already. He's watching a fuckload of them. I don't get it. I don't understand it, man. He watches every day, like, hours of this married couple who play Minecraft. Right. And he loves it. I can sort of get behind that because, uh, you know, there's some games that you'd rather not get for yourself. Just rather just watch someone else play it for the plot or just for the sake of knowing what it looks like. That's it. I see. I'm torn on this whole thing. So a friend, I was talking to a friend about uh, some old Nintendo. I think he was talking about Castlevania. Right. He's like, you know, I really wanted to go back and play Castlevania. And then I just ended up watching Mm -hmm. some dude do a run through it on YouTube. And it sort of satisfied his need. Right. Because it was like he didn't really need to go back and play it. He just really wanted to just kind of see it on the screen and like hear the music and stuff. Right. In those instances, in the instances where there's some sort of skill involved, where the players are like doing a speed run or they're they're very, very good at the game and like kind of going through it. Or even walkthroughs where they're telling you what to do. But I don't know, there's something about Let's Plays where it's just like, here's a person playing. And the irony is, I'm going to make a whole series of me playing Goldeneye. Like, that's happening. <laughs> even though I openly talk about how I don't like Let's Play videos, I'm going to make an entire series of them. Well, you're playing. Yeah. One of my listeners gets offended because I keep making fun of Let's Play videos and he's a Let's Play video guy. Mm-hmm. But I need to stress and clarify that I understand why people make them. Right. And I understand, you know, like that whole thing. Like, I have no problem with the actual streamers. It's just I don't get why people watch it. Right. That's the thing. I, I get why people make them. I just don't get why people are watching it. Especially with the, like, millions of views, like, people like fucking PewDiePie and things like that get. I don't necessarily completely understand the whole phenomena behind it, but I can get behind the logic. Just the fact that I don't want to necessarily own the game. I just want to, uh, in my age with uh, like a family, day job, music, kids, uh, all the other stuff I'm doing in my spare time, I don't want to necessarily invest hours and hours on beating some stupid level I would get stuck on. I just want to look at the game and know what it has in store. Because I understand that. 
And I can say that in my own history, I remember I always wondered why people got those strategy guides. Like my I have a, my brother-in-law, every time he buys like a big game, he always buys the big book strategy guide that comes with it. He's got like this library of those strategy guides. Right. And I always wondered like why do people do that? Like I, I don't really get, it, especially in this the age of the internet. But I do remember when I had an Xbox and I think I played Halo Three, and I wanted to experience the game, but I didn't really care that much about the franchise like I think they're fine games but like I don't care and so it was this weird time where I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna fucking go online look at the strategy guide and just kind of play through and not be stressed out because I like to play games that I've played before like I've played Ocarina of Time Zelda like I've played that game multiple times beat it multiple times in my life and so the second the third the fourth time you play a game you obviously have it memorized and it it's a sort of a very different experience. And so I played Halo 3 with the strategy guide, and I actually really enjoyed the game because I never got frustrated. So I had this great day where I just played it all day, beat the game. Every time I went to a boss, I just fucking went to the guy and it's like, yeah, you know, you gotta shoot him in the leg and then spin around and dodge the rocket and then shoot him in the back or whatever. And so I already knew the strategies, and I actually just played through the game once and really enjoyed myself because I wasn't uh, burdened by those, uh, those you know, those stressful moments. Right. I think it's a different type of enjoyment because here necessarily I think what you felt was more like you were in the flow mm-hmm. and you were able to continue your flow because you had a strategy guide as opposed to a different sort of enjoyment you get out of video games that challenge you because you invest time, you want to learn the mechanics of the level of the boss... Uh, and once you get over that, you feel a sense of accomplishment, right? So it's a different sort of enjoyment. And both of them are fun. But when you when you watch a Let's Play video then, do you want commentary? Uh, I think it's down to who's commenting. So maybe that's why some of the Let's Players, such as PewDiePie, are so successful at what they do. Because people who are seeking extra content, maybe comedy-related content, on top of the existing games, because it it could be tedious and maybe a bit boring to watch the games, just like you'd be at someone else's house and then he'd play and you get to watch, Mm -hmm. but unless you actually communicate with him, you're essentially watching a screen and you have no communication and uh, that's... Something's missing when you're just watching a blank YouTube and no one's talking and there's just the game, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a bunch of those kinds of channels, right? But when you got like the extra layer of comedy or whatever, it has a more common denominator for people to relate to. I guess also, too, even when I make fun of this stuff, I used to listen to books on tape, and I would consider that reading the book. Like, if people said, like, do you read this book? I'm like, well, I... I technically absorbed the whole book, right? Except it was read to me. Like, I didn't physically do the reading. Right. And in some ways, it's kind of what you're talking about. It's the same thing. It's like, if you watch the whole game play through, you essentially experienced the game. Like, if someone sat down and wanted to have a conversation about that game, you could also, you could talk as though you played it. Right. You just experienced it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Well, let's listen to some music, and then we'll uh, yeah. we'll uh, keep talking here. But, uh... Uh, let's listen to some Highway Superstar, because obviously it's been a while. Uh, this is a cool song. I don't know what I was about. I was about to say track, and then I said song, and then I combined them both. Uh, this is Splash by Highway Superstar.
And that was Splash by Highway Superstar. And I'm here with Highway Superstar right now. What a coincidence. We're talking about Let's Play videos. Um, yeah, so about those <laughs> Let's Play with videos. <laughs> um, I don't have anything to say about those necessarily. I mean, I think we have a couple of people in the scene that have been making those, right? Yeah. I don't know why I like making fun of them. Maybe it's just because people get upset. Like, it's just, I don't watch them personally. Like, to me, it's like what you were describing before. Being at your friend's house watching your friend play video games is like the worst way to experience a game. Like, there's nothing... Even when you were playing a game that was cool, you're just waiting for your chance to get the controller. Right. And the only advantage of watching your friend play is maybe you can watch them make mistakes. You know, then you can see, oh, okay, when I get the controller, I'm going to do it different. And then, you know, that would be the case. But for me, that's why I always love multiplayer games. That's why I'm always talking about my favorite multiplayer games because, you know, everyone was playing, right? I mean, that was the point. Right. I... I remember a time in my life, like when I was in the Israeli army, there's this mandatory army service here in Israel for everyone, basically. It's a three-year service, mm. and I was in my living quarters, and we had this guy, uh, and it was the PS2 era when PS2 was all the shit, and he brought in a PS2 with a freshly released Metal Gear Solid 2 mm. Sons of Liberty. Yeah. And we lived in the same room like that period and it was pretty sad cuz I was looking at this brand new piece of technology that was amazing at the time and uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 just blew my mind. Oh yeah, it looked, it looked so, so good. Great. Yeah, it was <laughs> Yeah, but it was so depressing. It was so depressing because that guy, he brought the PS2 for himself, mm. and he would just sit there and play, and you would be in that room, and you'd watch him play, and you would know that there's no chance in hell you're getting that controller. <laughs> it was the most bumming thing ever. I remember, yeah, when I first saw uh, my neighbor got a PlayStation 2, and I remember going to his house, and he had Metal Gear and uh, Dead or Alive, the fighting game. Yeah. And I just remember just how great those graphics looked at the time, because I was still playing my 64. Is Dead or Alive the one with the boobs? Yes, it is, yeah. I mean, now they're capitalizing on it a lot more with, like, the volleyball games and stuff, but I remember even that first one on PS2, like, it looked very good. I don't know what it looks like now. Wait a second, so when you do your mandatory army stuff, how do you um, frame your personal life around that time? Like, so say you're dating at the time or whatever, or say you're married or, or something like that. Are you at a location where you can still, like, kind of leave on weekends and go see people, or are you, like... Yeah, well, Israel is a pretty small country, so... So even uh, the toughest army position, combat, soldiers, etc., you'd get to see your family once every month or so, maybe every second month if you're really an active point in your service. Right. Fortunately for me, I was able to be home pretty much every other weekend or so, and then another day in the middle of the week or so. So it wasn't that bad at all. Because I don't think we talked about this at any of the times when you were on. It's sort of like this, but it's it's really interesting to me because obviously we don't have that here. So, like, what were the types of things that you would do? I mean, like, they totally train you for, like, every level of being in the army or do they put you into different groups and say like you guys are going to train on doing this stuff and you guys train on this or do they kind of do a a whole thing approach? I mean, how does it work? Well, the service itself is mandatory but they're like scouting for different types of profiles like every division like Air Force or uh, infantry or technical stuff or whatever. They Mm -hmm. try to locate the best 
candidates possible, and then they actually offer positions to them. So, so, but how do they how do they go about doing that? Is there like a general thing that happens at first, and they sort of see who has an aptitude for what, or do you do they actually just ask yeah. you questions? Like, are you interested in shooting? Yeah, like when you hit seventeen, you get called for the first time to the sorting facilities, and then they you get some tests that try to measure your intellect, your motor skills, and uh, your will to serve because uh, if you don't want to do important stuff or if you don't want to do like meaningful things in your service they would just have you filing forms in some office for three years and that's it right but if you want to do something meaningful they'll actively offer roles to you right, right. well that makes sense yeah do you have to do a lot of push-ups maybe in boot camp but that's it. Like it lasts a couple of months. I've been trying to do push-ups lately because I. Me too. I'm up to 17, but I can't seem to break 17. Um, the whole last two weeks, I get to 17, and then every day I, because you know when you don't work out for a long time, like I don't work out at all, really. So you know, there's that point where you can kind of quickly get back to where you were in like a week or two, even if you haven't lifted weights in like a year or something. It's like you know the first couple days, it's like oh I can't do as many reps as I could, and then you can kind of get back to where you were. But then there's that part where you either have to. I guess work out a lot harder in order to make gains or whatever and i'm like terrible at it and so with push-ups like if i don't do push-ups in a long time then like the first day i can maybe do like four or five and then i fall over but then every day i can do a few more right and then i just get to this point where i just hit this number that i just can't seem to go over and i don't know if that means i got to start like bench pressing in order to get back to where i'm supposed to be but are you doing like one set every day just one yeah well i was doing it like twice a day i was trying to just i would just go down and i would just do push Push-ups. I would do like one set of push-ups and then maybe follow it up with like another one. But then at that point, my arms are all jiggly and I can only do like four or five before I fall over. I think for me, what worked up until now, not that I've been working out a lot lately, but I try to do at least two sets. Have the first one at full capacity. I know that the second set would be much weaker because I'm already exhausted. So I try to get to whatever uh, number I did in the set before. That would be like my goal mm-hmm. and I try to push as much as I can to do that. So that helped me improve over time. I get so bored. I just, I wish, that's the problem with like gains when it comes to like working out is like I just, you see results right away if you're especially weak like I am. And then there's this point where you just hit where then the only way to see gains is like to actually be serious about it. And like, I just can't be serious about anything. Well, you are serious about video games. That's true. That's something. And I I do this podcast Uh, every week. So editing a podcast doesn't uh, build muscle mass, except in my index finger, because I'm always clicking the mouse. (laughs) I just don't like the fact that it's so repetitive. That's why I don't like jogging or, or any sort of repetitive crap that relates to like physical activity. I, I do play tennis and I like that because it's a game essentially. So that's much more interesting to me than just go out for a jog. Hey, we should listen to another song. Just really, we, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do whenever I get carried away talking and I forget to play some music. Uh, here's another cool uh, Highway Superstar track from a few months ago. This is Eurodrive.
And that was Eurodrive by Highway Superstar. And I'm here with Highway Superstar right now. We're talking about the Israeli army and doing push-ups <laughs> and uh, let's play video game videos. Do you have Grand Theft Auto V? Uh, I do. I do, actually. Why have we never played? I don't think I ever played online. We should play sometime. We should. I just finished the single player, and that was... That was it. Yeah, like, I just, uh, when I go online, like, I don't, um, I don't like playing with other people who have goals, because uh, everyone wants to, like, beat missions, and they get mad when you're, like, fucking around. Like, I just run around and smash cars into things. Right. The other day, my whole character looked like Beetlejuice, because I got, like, a striped suit, and so I gave myself, like, curly blonde hair and stuff, and then I didn't want to look like Beetlejuice anymore, but I didn't have any money, so I was playing with um, one of the listeners of uh, Beyond Synth, and my whole mission that evening was just to get enough money so I could buy myself a new coat and get a haircut mm -hmm. so that's what i do when i play gta uh, that's what i do in life man <laughs> <laughs> get enough money to buy a new coat get my hair done yeah no makes sense so what have you been up to lately well i've been doing a couple of things lately musically i did release a couple of new standalone tracks which were essentially splash and Eurodrive, which you just played mm -hmm. and i was doing a couple of Remixes, including a remix for Televisor, which is like an electro funk band I really, really love. Been following these guys for months now, for years even. And I've collaborated again with Dana Jean Phoenix for uh, her new album. So there's a there's a Highway Superstar track in there, right? Uh, essentially, and I, uh, that seems to be doing great, and I like that. Yeah, and uh, I'm coming to London to perform at the Retro Future Festival in end of July, July 28th. Oh, cool. Yeah, with uh, all the artists uh, that are in the roster, Sunglasses Kid, Nina, White Tiger, etc. Yeah. Kalex. Well, that'll be fun to hang out with everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. It feels like a reunion of some sort. Yeah. Absolute Valentine's going to be there, too. Yeah, it's cool that these little festivals are uh, popping up in places. I know that one in New Jersey just happened. I can't go to anything right now. My damn passport. I was talking about this last week, but my stupid... Uh, I haven't renewed my passport in, like, 15 years. So now you need to fill some forms, etc., and it's a longer process? Yeah, because, you know, you're supposed to do it, like, once it expires, and then if the process goes too long, then you basically have to start from scratch right so i'm gonna have to start from scratch and i gotta find all my fucking birth certificate and all that other shit oh boy don't they have your birth certificate well like i have one sorry <laughs> this is a stupid thing i mean i think i even talked about this on like the paradise walk episode last week but like basically the year i was born uh when they gave a birth certificate it came in a sort of a little laminated card you know and that was the birth certificate card but now they've changed the rules and they don't accept those anymore because i guess they can be easily forged right the problem is that's my birth certificate right like it's it's not a forgery it's, it's like a participation award yes i know <laughs> I, I got it for being a good baby yeah. <laughs> and the thing was it's all i got like that is the thing right and so i just found out about that last year when i renewed like the driver's license was they're just like oh we don't accept these anymore i'm like okay uh but you have a driver's license and you used to have a passport so yeah doesn't that count for anything i mean i'm sure i can just bring it in and just say like hey check out this fucking thing why i don't have a full driver's license though because i don't even drive like i just have it for identification purposes right have you even seen the movie drive <laughs> <laughs> do you even drive bro never heard of it <laughs> Nope, don't know what that is. Nope. I don't know Drive, I don't know uh, Hotline Miami, I don't know any of this stuff. As far as I'm concerned, people are just making shit up. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, anyways, man, we can probably fucking uh, we can wind down here. We had a nice little catch up today. Is there anything that I should know about other than the stuff you just mentioned? Um, I'm wearing blue shorts. You're wearing blue shorts? Yeah, that's a thing. What is the wait? What, what does the flag in Israel look like? It's two blue uh, horizontal stripes and the star of David in the middle on a white background. So, are you wearing like a like an Israeli? Blue short? No, wouldn't say that. It's, I have like three, four shades of blue. <laughs> Paint me a picture of these shorts. I will. Maybe you could put them as a perk on your Patreon. I, I, yeah, I should do that actually. That can be like a prize. So people like uh, people who donate twenty five bucks a month get a sneak peek at Highway Superstars shorts. That's an awesome idea. Should I? Should I wash them? No. Before you send them off? <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> no, you're going to you're going uh, to devalue the property if you do that. Right. They have like a decent amount of wear and tear. Definitely <laughs> looks like they've been worn before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to talk to Protector 101. He's the one who always goes to Japan and looks at those panty vending machines. So I feel like he's the expert in the value of uh, gently used underpants, we'll say. Right. So he could evaluate Exactly. It'll be like Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, send send them to Jake, and then he'll Antiques Roadshow the pants, and then we'll uh, we'll get a value, and then I'll put it on the Patreon page. Sounds like a plan, and I'm not gonna warn him in advance. I'm just uh, (laughs) like before you upload this file. Let's uh, agree that you'll just get the mailing address from him. Send it to me. I, I have his mailing address because I sent him a Beyond Synth mug and he still hasn't taken a fucking picture of himself drinking from it. Made up of some shit that his wife's camera broke. I'm like, fuck him. How convenient. Yeah. So one day he's going to get a package. He's going to get a package in his mail and it's going to be from <laughs> Highway Superstar and he's going to find a pair of blue striped unwashed shorts in there with a note. What would the note say? Evaluate me? <laughs> 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 I like that. Sounds like a plan. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So now, if Jake is listening, we're sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. No. I'm not, no way. <laughs> In fact, everybody who listens to this show, if they're a fan of Protector 101, please mail him some of your underwear. He will greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, it was it was nice to catch up with you. It's been fun. And uh, now I'm off to. Uh, Talk to RF Extreme about the porn he was in. Oh, wow. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Highway Superstar is speechless. I'm not sure how should I respond right now. I I think the... (laughs) I think the pants thing was really... Well, it connects the dots, like, really well, right? We could have ended on, like, a video game note or a music note, but no, we ended on a bunch of used pants sort of thing, and now you're going to talk about porn, so... That's how we roll on Beyond Synth, man. <laughs> I'm good at segueing into the right uh, into the right segments, and that's what's going to happen. But anyways, man, it was, uh, it was lovely to talk to you. You too, man. And uh, keep on making uh, cool music, and we'll fucking uh, have you back on. And you get some more shit out to listen to. Some fucking cool shit. That's what I say. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome, man. Alright, and that was my quick catch-up with Highway Superstar. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And I also lied a bit because we're not going to RF Extreme right now. We're gonna tack we're gonna tack to him. <laughs> We're going to talk to him uh, later in the program, but we do have other business to take care of. I don't know if you can hear this in the microphone, but my 
neighbors upstairs, I think, have a cleaning lady, and she's, like, vacuuming directly over <laughs> where I'm recording. I don't know if you can hear that sound. Anyways, how about this? Let's listen to another track, and then when that's done, maybe we'll go to the Patreon, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to Marco. So here's a cool song. This is by Retroglyphs. It's got sort of a new wave vibe. This is The Noose.
And that was the noose by Retroglyphs. And, uh, and that's a cool track. I like that one. And now we're going to go to the Patreon. All right, you guys, as you know, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That's a way you can donate to the show. Uh, All the donations make the show bigger and better. Patreon is a monthly donation thing. So it's like Kickstarter, except you donate a monthly amount. So you can do as little as a buck, uh, which is a dollar. Or you can uh, donate up to uh, three million. It's all good. And I'd like to thank now uh, my lovely $5 donors, man. So there's Kai, there's Saloya, X-Riz Music, then Joe and Lando, Roman, Bobby B, John Eternal, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Vailingo, New Gat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Ross Pentland, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Rawl Pud, Aled, Grant Bouvier, The Barons of Santa Carla, Seattle Synth, Starlight Fisher, Olivia Mutant John, is that new? Mike Raspberry, did I read that last week? Olivia Mutant John, that's a cool name. Mike Raspberry. Raspberry? Raspberry? Raspberry. Olivia Mutant Raspberry. Mike Mutant John. Olivia Mutant John, Mike Raspberry. Mike Raspberry. Raz. Raz. Ethan Hennings. (laughs) And of course, the donation of the beast. And there's a new donor and a new donation of the beast. So, of course, that's 666. I want to thank Hellroy. I want to thank Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, and the new member to the family of the beast is the Unholy Rat King. There's a lot going on there, a lot to unpack. He's unholy. He's a king. He's a rat king. There's a lot of bad things going on. Unholy rat king. I mean, it wasn't bad enough being the king of the rats. But to also be damned? (laughs) What am I doing? Uh, Max Hutchings, 667, keeping all those evil donators at bay. Is donators a word? I don't know. And now I'd like to thank my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Albert Bonilla. Is that new? Albert Bonilla. Thanks, Albert Bonilla. Are you a new donor? You must be. I don't recognize that name. Albert Bonilla. Albert Bonilla's a cool guy. I can't remember what I read. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's new. It's new, right? Albert? Hi, Albert. Albert Bonilla. Thank you for your donation. You're a cool guy. Then there's Shaboogan, Mike Shima, Tim Walmsley, Ashley Keegan, Greg Smith, Slunks, fucking Slunks, Joshua Everson, The Angry Rambo Show, Polly Digital, Will Lowe, Winfield, Ezra Van Dam, Victor Garza, 
Fraser Davidson, Colin Bennett, Trevor Resnick, and Jake Last. And of course, there's Jacob Wick. He donates the 2288, a number that is very important to Jacob Wick. And of course, we have two kings of the Pattersons this week. There is Chris Dance with his awesome donation of $25. Uh, and then there is, of course, Retro Revolution uh, with their donation of 25 And they also sponsored the show. So don't forget to check out Revel of Rep Rep What is happening? <laughs> My brain just melted. Uh, don't forget to check out Retro Revolution. That is the Patreon for this week. Thank you, everybody, for donating to the show. Now let's listen to another track. This is Complex by Dreams Divide. Myself to 
And that was Dreams Divide with the track Complex. And that's a cool track. How about we um we go and keep it 80s with Marco Merrick? Marco And we're keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> good, Andy. Good, Andy. How's yourself, mate? I am all right. Hope everyone's... I hope all the listeners are doing well, too. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's been going on, Andy? Or are you supposed to say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, like, what was it? Last week, I feel like I talked... <laughs> it's like, it's your segment, and I feel like I stole the, the whole, like, first half with my story about Tilt. But, uh, so, maybe you tell me something here. Well, I wanted to go back to Mortal Kombat 2. I, <laughs> this is a problem. There's so many things, like, when you're telling me stuff, I've got, like, a hundred things going on in my head. Like, different ways of conversation could go. But then it goes in another path, and I forget, and then I'm like, oh, but I wanted to talk about that. Well, we can we can continue our Mortal Kombat. Is so that right? Because it's such a fucking good game. Well, for people who don't know or who weren't listening, listen, last week we were talking about Mortal Kombat 2, and I guess we're not done. So let's fucking keep at it. Marco wants to keep talking about Mortal Kombat 2, and I'm always happy to talk about Mortal Kombat 2, because it's well, one of I, my favorite Mortal games Kombat, yeah. of all time. Up there with GoldenEye. Anyways, go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you going to do any more videos for that, by the way? Yes, I will. <laughs> that was really good, Andy. I enjoyed that. Um. <laughs> I, I would anyway. love to do a Mortal Kombat 2 series. Yeah. When you actually end up moving to the States, that's something we can do. We can. you got to come up here for like come up here for a weekend and we'll do a whole uh, Mortal Kombat 2 uh, series. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, but actually, I was going to move <laughs> in the Mortal Kombat franchise. What I wanted to ask you about was... Uh, did you get into you know which one you know which one I really liked uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe? Did you ever play that one, Andy? I played them all. The only Mortal Kombat game I haven't played was the Jackson Sonya Special Forces game. No, I didn't play that either. That's the only one I haven't played either. I've never played it. I even played that stupid Sub Zero Adventure one. I played that too. Yeah. Where like you just start playing the game and you just walk and all of a sudden you just get crushed by a fucking pillar and it's like okay, I guess there's a pillar there. Like like it was that. I actually didn't mind that one. I don't know. I didn't mind that. The last much. boss in that game was ridiculous because I remember going like how the fuck do you beat this thing and then I went on the internet and it's, all you had to do was just walk up and pull the amulet off the guy that's right I never intuitively knew like I, it never sprung to my head like that's a way you could defeat a last boss in a game <laughs> was to just walk up and grab the amulet I have like a piece of paper somewhere in my house I remember that it was just this scrap piece of paper that just says take the amulet on it and I just used to always make me laugh whenever I would see that piece of paper <laughs> and just fucking take the amulet <laughs> it's just so Stupid <laughs> fucking amulet! But then didn't you, you should have known about the amulet, didn't you? Fucking didn't you watch Kung Pao? Where you know you got to reach in and grab the the two little triangle things off the? No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Kung Pao much later. Ah, uh, that's true. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Then okay. But yeah, the uh, yeah, I've played I've played all the the things. I think my favorite side Mortal Kombat game was the Liu Kang Kung Lao one. That was pretty good too. Yeah, it's weird because at Mortal Kombat as a fighting game has such. A complicated backstory, like the story of it's amazing, that 
I kind of wish Mortal Kombat continued as a brawler as opposed to like a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Like keep all the mechanics of the fighting game, but do because like in that Liu Kang Kung Lao one, yeah. I don't remember what the fuck it was called. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Fucking fighting <laughs> masters. I don't. I don't remember what it was. Outworld. <laughs> Outworld legends. Outworld fighters. Fuck. I can't remember. Anyways, I'm so bad with names. But yeah. it was good. Like, cause it played kind of like Mortal Kombat, except it was a brawler. And it, and it, to me, that almost feels more. Mortal Kombat's the perfect fit to be a brawler, like a side-scrolling brawling game. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, that's I miss those sort of games, Andy. That's what I think. That's why I liked when when uh, Mortal Kombat Mythologies came out. Um, you know, Sub Zero. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. I was like, man, I love all my use, my Final Fight, yeah. Streets of Rage, all these fucking games, and they just stopped doing them. You know, and that's probably why I liked the Liu Kang one as well. Well, the Liu Shang Kang one was definitely like a good game. The Sub Zero one, mm. I don't think it's a good game. Like if you go back and it's play not, it now, I'm it's just looking at it now. I got three point five out of ten on IGN for fuck's sake. It's really awkward to play because I remember it is. Yeah, they made it really now. play like Mortal Kombat, so it didn't have a jump button. So you had to press up to jump, and then it was all on one plane. Oh, yeah. Because, like, on Streets of Rage, you can move, like, you know, on diagonals, like, in and out of the frame or whatever. And, and mm. I don't know. That, that Sub-Zero game's no good. Yeah, fair enough. But I remember I played it because, like, <laughs> I, I, I like Mortal Kombat so much that I was like, oh, I got to play this. And I was like, ooh. And uh, I remember I played through the whole damn thing. That's, that's the game where they introduced <laughs> fucking stupid Quan Chi. You didn't like Quan Chi. It was kind of weird. I'm not a fan of that character. I don't very scary, easy. He looks like a fucking... He's actually kind of funny. I mean, look at him. You go, Jesus Christ, what happened to him? What pisses me (laughs) off about Quan Chi is that they retconned him into Scorpion and Sub-Zero's storyline, and that's the part that offends me the most, because Scorpion and Sub-Zero had my favorite story, and of course, it's like a rip-off of, like, The Crow and Ghost Rider and, like, other fucking stories about revenge from Beyond the Dead or whatever, but Mm. it was so simple, it was like... Sub-Zero's ninja clan killed Scorpion's ninja clan and then Scorpion came back from the dead to get revenge because they killed his family. But then it turned out that it was actually the original Sub-Zero that killed Scorpion's family and then Scorpion ended up killing him and and ended up being friends with the brother. But it was complicated. But I liked that so much better. It was so much simpler. It was like mm-hmm. Scorpion's family was killed. He came back from the dead. He made a deal with the devil or whoever. Came back as a skeleton ninja. His costume was yellow. I remember reading the stupid booklet of Mortal Kombat 1 like the whole reason why Scorpion looked like Sub-Zero mm-hmm. they had a reason for it you know afterwards they, there was no reason why any of the other 12 ninjas had the same costume as fucking Sub-Zero but in the original game Scorpion looks like Sub-Zero and he's yellow because he's mocking Sub-Zero's ninja clan that was the story ah uh, you have right it's like Sub-Zero was blue and so he made his yellow cowardly yellow to mock <laughs> uh, Sub-Zero and then later on Obviously, like, ten other ninjas show up that also have the same costume, and they never bothered explaining why they More look... Like reptile, and yeah. fucking Smoke. Smoke, and Rain. Emac, and Jesus. Although they did say, I think Smoke is from the same ninja clan as Sub-Zero, so that was that one explained. That's right. But all the other ones, I think there was no explanation, other than <laughs> they needed to reuse the asset. But then mm. later on, they, they fucking injected Quan Chi into the storyline, so they made it that Quan Chi was, like, deceiving both sides, and that he tricks Scorpion into going into the nether realm <laughs> and wanting revenge. And, and then it wasn't actually Sub-Zero that killed the family. It was like Quan Chi in disguise or some fucking thing. And it was like, why are they overcomplicating this? And why is fucking Quan Chi involved in this storyline now? He's just some stupid bald sorcerer. <laughs> he sucks. The story was so much better when it was simpler. I have to admit. I have to agree with you, Andy. That is true. It was better when they just had... Uh 
Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn and all that. that yeah. That was a much better storyline, wasn't it? Just to keep it with those guys. But. Yeah, it was just simple. It's just fucking simple, man. Yeah. Shao Kahn. Hey, well, here, let's listen. We'll talk more, but let's uh, give me a song, buddy. <laughs> Um, all right, I've got a uh, I've got a great track here from I'm a big fan of this guy. He's got a weird name, uh, Beard Sniffer. That's Beard Sniffer, <laughs> just in case. So it doesn't sound like Bed Sniffer, yeah. like any, but uh, <laughs> Beard. I think he might be a dog. I don't know, mm. but looking at his SoundCloud, he could be a dog. I don't know who the hell he is, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of his, and I love the, his track names as well. It's always like random shit, like Untitled Fifty Five Draft Two. Yeah. That's the name of the track that we're going to play. So. Beautiful song. So this is Untitled 5255 Draft 2? No, Untitled 52 Draft 2. All right. right. Here we go. This is Untitled 52 Draft 2 by Beard Sniffer. And that was Beard Sniffer with the track Untitled 52, <laughs> Draft 2. Uh, lovely fucking artist name and a lovely track name. Marco has chosen that for keeping it 80. Fuck, I'm bad at this. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, I was bad with my interviews. So what are your what are your thoughts, uh, Mortal Kombat Two stuff? I, I hogged the last segment. So what what are your? No, I, I love it, Andy. I love Mortal Kombat Two. Um, I remember, I remember when Mortal Kombat One came out, and I think it was was it ninety one or ninety two. I was in year eight uh, at high school, mm. and. Um, 
It, it was it really changed everything. I was a massive fan of Street Fighter 2, and that was a great game. It was the best Street Fighter game. You know, Champion Edition, of course, you could pick all the the extra four boss characters, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I spent so much money on it. But to be honest, I think Street Fighter, for me, fell away after that. They had all these hyper, super freaking editions, and, you know, with a s- slow fire. But I don't know. I thought it was shit. <laughs> but the problem was, once Mortal Kombat came out, it changed everything because you had real graphics, you had gore, none of that cartoon shit. Yeah. And as much as I love Street Fighter 2 for the gameplay, and it looked great at the time, I think that's when I finally transitioned into more gore and more realistic. That's when I went into, I was a big fan of Mortal Kombat after that. And uh, so I loved it, right? We used to play with my friends down the road. There was one of the delis, they had the arcade there. We used to play Mortal Kombat 1. Mm. Then Mortal Kombat 2 came out and just blew me away. And uh, the only place that had it was at this arcade in Fremantle, which was about 10 kilometres away from where I lived. Mm. And um, I used to ride my bike down there every weekend. I used to try to get some money off my mum's spare change and go down and play it. And there used to be this master that used to... I don't know who he was or where he came from, but he was there all the time. (laughs) And he knew all the fatalities, Andy. When it first came out, I was like, who is this guy? He's like the grandmaster. Mm. And everyone used to stand around and just watch. So it was really exciting. So I, I, I love number two. I used to go down there and play it all the time. I started getting good at it. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention was when the first movie came out, Mortal Kombat, my, uh, I was very lucky. The high school that I went to, they took us on an excursion down there. I think it might have been year 10, possibly. And they, uh, we caught a bus down there, and um, we all went and watched it. It was great. And then we went to the arcade afterwards and played the game. Are we the same age? I don't know. How old are you, Andy? 35. No, I'm 39 this year. Year t- Wait, but what? all of your reference points are like the same as mine. Does year eight mean something different in in Australia? Because like I no, feel like no. I feel like I was in grade seven. I feel like with the way that you're describing things, it sounds like you're just one year older no, than man, me. It must have been earlier. That's bullshit, buddy. Uh, let me just see. Mortal Kombat game came out in '92. I would have been in maybe year nine then. So maybe I was a year off. Because because um, I feel like when I when I rented Mortal Kombat one on the Super Nintendo. That mm-hmm. was when I was in grade, like grade seven. I feel like, mm. which which is only like a year behind grade eight. And I know in grade nine, I think that's when I saw Mortal Kombat the movie. I don't know how that makes sense because I distinctly remember. Well, let's not get into that because then I'm going to sound like an idiot. But no, no <laughs> just, I distinctly remember going on an excursion with school when I was in year ten. So I don't, I don't know how that fucking works. Unless you it got stuff like ten years later. No, no, no. But then, even then, that I'd be, I'd be too early because if that was year ten in '95, what? No, that'd be about right. I would have been in year ten. Then, am in I '95? Right? That's when Mortal Kombat movie came out. I don't know where the fuck you were, but I don't know. Now I'm confused. I did not see Mortal Kombat movie in public school though. I was in I was in high school. Oh, well, they took us on an excursion to to the to the theater. <laughs> but how cool is that? The movies to watch. They let us watch that one. I know that was the back of the now, man. I bet your schools now won't let you watch any of that shit. Well, you no, have to go yeah. watch a fucking rom com or something and rate a G, you know, or some shit. Yeah, that's amazing that you got to see that. I I think um, back to the arcade for a sec, though. I know that um, the reason why Mortal Kombat Two, uh, what I love so much, mm-hmm. is it's one of the very rare game sequels that was just better in every way it was you know what i mean like you know sometimes other games come out and there's certain differences or there's things you miss about like the other game or whatever even you know when i talk about goldeneye and perfect dark being a sequel it's like you know there's still things i loved about goldeneye that didn't make the transition even though perfect dark had like more options and stuff mortal kombat 2 was one of those games that when it came out it was just like 
It looked better. It played better. There was more characters. There was more stages. Uh, the pit two yeah, was cooler yeah. because it showed that bird's eye view when the dude f- fell down the pit. Yep. There was more like the voices seemed crisper and clear. Like there was just so mm. much. It was just just better. It was just such a better game. And I remember just feeling that. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Mortal Kombat One, there's only like seven characters to choose from, which is which is fuck all really. You get bored with them. And the thing was, there wasn't that many moves. I mean, you got what like the uppercut. You got that roundhouse kick. You got the sweep, and then other than that, there really isn't much, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a very simplistic game, even though it was a landmark for the time, it was groundbreaking. But like you said, number two just basically used that formula and just perfected it. Really, that's that's you know. Yeah, no, it's so good. Totally agree with you, Andy. We got to play it, man. We got to play it. <laughs> well, now I feel like I got to practice. I've. I've, I've... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. I get competitive, but I'm joking. I don't care who wins. Whatever. I wonder if there is, is, is there a way? Because, I mean, I do have, like, I've got my MAME emulator to, to do Mortal Kombat 2, even though I did buy it on the PlayStation 3, but you, I don't think you can get it on the PS4. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a PS4 version. Anyway, but I mean, I wonder, if, is there a way for, like, MAME to, like, connect online with people, like, using the arcade emulator? I see what you mean. I don't think so. Not that I know of. Um, there might be, there might, I might have to Google it. I might be able to find something. But then I, don't, I need a proper arcade stick, though. That's the problem. I can't play in a controller. Well, because I'm, I'm used to, like, I'm used to playing on a controller. Like, the Super Nintendo port of Mortal Kombat 2 was great. It was pretty good. Like, that was a really good port yeah. of that game, considering... Mm. Everyone always remembers part one and remembers that the Super Nintendo one didn't have blood and the Sega one did. Mm. But what people seem to forget is that the Sega one was shit comparatively. Like if you put them side by side on the screen together, Mm. the Sega one, it's fucking missing colors. It has no sound. The only fucking voice it has is get over (laughs) here and it's fucking muffled and shitty sounding like the Super Nintendo one had all the sound, but they didn't have the fucking fatalities, but it looked better, played better sounded better but everyone still remembers the Sega one being better because of the stupid blood code yeah. but when part 2 came out there's no fucking comparison Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo was superior in every single way to the Genesis version it looked close to the arcade the Genesis version looked like some shit <laughs> yeah the Genesis version is terrible like it's got it's it has no like the colors are so fucking washed out it's like all kind of greens and browns the music is just lifeless it has the fucking sounds are terrible like it's there's no comparison mm. it's fucking night and day and uh, I loved the Super Nintendo when I played the shit out of that game me too me too big time and then, uh, and then when PlayStation came out, I had the PlayStation and the Nintendo 64. We're not going to talk about GoldenEye, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I, had, um, I had Mortal Kombat uh, Ultimate, Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate, I think, on PlayStation. And it was great. It looked great. Everything was really good about it. So many characters. I racked up, uh, by the way, this is going a bit, a bit off topic. I racked up, uh, I think it was a 200 and something dollar telephone bill because I rang up to find out uh, one of those lines to find out all the fatalities and all the... Um, <laughs> And I didn't realize this. Mom, you should have heard my mom. She went off. This was like in 98 or 99, I think. And she just went off. <laughs> I got banned from using the phone for ages. Anyway, that's, just, that's, that's beyond the point. But the PlayStation version was really good. But you know what the problem was? Because it was on disc. Loading time. And the loading. Right? Loading time. The loading between games was pretty bad. But it was handleable. But the problem was, the real problem was, when I, I like playing Shang Tsung. Right? Yeah. I like having the... The I do, I was it pauses just, for like ten seconds every time you got to fucking change character. It's like you can't fight like that. I was just talking. Who the fuck was I talking to about this? Because that was my <laughs> rant. Because that's the reason why I can't really do the PlayStation One, even though the N sixty four 
It had worse sound. Yes. Uh, it was kind of blurrier. The characters were slightly bigger, but they weren't as crisp. Mm. And you actually had more characters on the PlayStation version of... Um, uh, what was that game actually called? It's, it's not Ultimate Mortal Kombat. It's 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 called um, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Mortal, that's it. Mortal, oh, well done. Mortal Kombat Trilogy. There you go. And the thing was, when I played the PlayStation 1, I just remember I couldn't handle the load. I didn't, And I didn't like that if you played as Shang Tsung, and I mentioned this specifically, that didn't you have to pick... Didn't you have to, like, start the match and go, I will morph into these three characters and, like, you make a decision? Oh, you could be right, Andy. I think you could be right. And then you could morph into them quicker if, if if you chose the three you wanted to change in. I could also be thinking about Mortal Kombat 3 on the regular PlayStation. I don't think there was a three. Honestly, it doesn't ring a bell. And I, and I had the game, so I don't think it was with that one. Um, that here, let's... Uh, We'll talk more, but uh, give me another track to play. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Protector 101 brought out an awesome album called Dream. It features some incredible cover art. Uh, this is probably the best cover art I've seen in... I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say too much, but uh, it's just different. It's very different to what uh, you normally see in this scene. It's got a very cool story with it. He was almost selected to uh, score the new uh, Voltron uh, remake, and he was down to the final two, and they picked the other guy. So, mm. But anyway, he was very close to it, and this was a, soundtrack, a lot of the soundtrack that was going to go with it. And uh, the song that I particularly like off it... Um, is just the end credits. That's a re- it's a really beautiful song. So we'll give that a spin, Andy. Please. Well, this is end credits by Protector One O One. Thank you. 
And that was Protector 101 with the track End Credits from his new album he just released a few weeks ago. I should have him back on the show. I, I love talking to Jake. He's a fun guy. He really is. I love his laugh. His laugh's even better than yours, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yours is pretty good. I don't know. It's a toss-up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, before, yeah, I just got to say, yeah, because that was, um, I was going on a rant about that because I've played all the Mortal Kombats and, and <laughs> when I was on the PlayStation, I remember being really excited about the PlayStation version of Trilogy because like, oh, you could play as like Mortal Kombat 2, Kung Lao. And the only thing that they did, which I which I thought was so weird, but because mm-hmm. I, I think that that company, they're very lazy. Midway. Yeah, they, they were lazy at the time. Yeah. Like when they put out those Mortal Kombat like compilation packs, like they did like the, the least amount of work possible. So I remember like, <laughs> you know, they got rid of Johnny Cage's nut punch because that would mean having to make animation for the characters in part three who don't have a reaction to it. Remember? Because in part three, there was no nut punch, so they never filmed people doing the grabbing their crotch. So the solution was to get rid of the move. Like, that's the that was their solution for everything. And, like, remember, if you did Sub-Zero's head rip-off fatality, it just went black? The screen went black if you did Sub-Zero's head rip-off if you played his classic Sub-Zero. I don't remember that for some reason. Yeah, I really the screen, don't. it was terrible. It was like, it was so cheap. It's like he reached and grabbed <laughs> the dude's head and then the screen went black. Because it was like, I guess that would have required them to make a spine or something. Like, <laughs> I wish there was better ways to play these, but um, there's a whole online community of people who uh, manipulate old arcade games. Like, there's a thing called MuGen, which is like you can build your own fighting games, mm-hmm. and people have done that. And there, there's actually like some pretty good versions of Ultimate Mortal Kombat, where they take all the sprites from all the different Mortal Kombat games and they put them in one game. Oh, that sounds awesome! And it is really good, but the resolution's really low. Like it's a little glitchy too. Uh, so they're never they never play perfectly. But some of them, have, some people have put in a lot of work into their versions where it is what Mortal Kombat trilogy should have been, mm-hmm. where they've actually like. They've because now with Photoshop, right? You can manipulate things really easily, so they can take the sprites from the old Mortal Kombat games, and they can actually make new animations for those characters. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're playing as a Mortal Kombat one character, they've edited it so you can run. Like in Mortal Kombat three, there was the run button. Yeah, that's right. So now you can you can run with all the different characters, and they actually have running animations, and you can do fatalities to everybody. And they've actually gone in and photoshopped the 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 uh, the original sprites so you can do all the moves and stuff and it's really cool but the problem is mugen games are unstable so like you know hmm. there's always some weird problem like you select your character and then the fucking like the versus screen is like a little tiny cube in the corner and then then it goes back to full screen <laughs> again when you're playing or sometimes you see too much on the borders of the of the map or whatever like so th- there's always these little glitches but for the most part it's pretty neat and there's another one called do you have the link for that uh, I can. I'll send it to you. There's. There's also one. Say where they, yeah, you light up, but I, I want to play it, please. <laughs> yeah, there's another one they did with the uh, streets. Uh, st- the streets of rage called streets Be- of rage. called Beats of Rage, and it's a where oh. you can where people have made their own brawling games. What? And some of them are actually pretty good, and because they'll take sprites from the old games, and some of them they actually take Mortal Kombat sprites and make it into a brawling game. Cool. The, the only issue is the concept is better than the result because it's not totally stable so that's the issue is like um because i had my arcade controller and i thought this would be fucking amazing the arcade controller and i will play uh this ultimate mortal kombat 3 with all the characters Mm -hmm. but i have to play it in like a window like if i hit the if i hit full screen then it causes like problems and so it's not 
it's not quite perfect, but it's it, the idea is, is so good. Like I wish they would, uh, I wish they could do something more with it. But anyway, that's a whole other quick question, Andy. Yes. Quick question: Did you ever get into Killer Instinct, the arcade the original? Hello, that's a new character I'm trying out. <laughs> what? How do you feel about that character? Hello. I'm not very impressed. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel, Andy. I'm kind of embarrassed, actually. <laughs> well, are you Marco? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I played Killer Instinct. Did you like it? I finally got those working on the, the MAME emulator because I needed to download some other, like, BIOS things. Sweet. I liked the soundtrack. But you didn't like the game? I love the combos in that. That was ridiculous. Andy, that was... I love Mortal Kombat 2, but that was probably the most addictive game in the arcade I've ever played. I spent so much money on that, Andy. All the all my pocket money and all the money I worked when I was working at the gas station pumping petrol. But... Uh, <laughs> I like that. I used to go down there. So you called it a gas station? No, I'm actually started calling it a gas station. Okay, here I was now. A, See, I, yeah, I was curious about that. I'm just like, yeah, because you call it petrol, right? So I feel like it we call it petrol station. Yeah, yeah. But see, I went to the states and I'm asking everybody like petrol station and everybody laughs at me so i started saying gas station yeah you know and then now i say gas station here it just comes out because i've adapted my language right mm. so now everybody laughs at me here i can't win yeah you know <laughs> and, and then i pull in at a petrol station and i in the states and i ask them can i use your toilet please mm. and they all look at me and laugh they go you mean the restroom Oh well, I fuck want a piss no, in your fuck, toilet fuck i want to hang a slash in your toilet for fuck's no, sake that's uh, that's silly because it is a toilet. Like I, I would say the same thing. Like, where's the where's the washroom or whatever. Like, I, I never say washroom. Rest well, whatever. It's a fucking. <laughs> it's a room where I don't need to wash. I just need to piss. <laughs> well, you do need to wash after you piss. Well, I do. I wash my hands. But well, that's not the reason I'm there. Is to wash my hands. It's to piss. Well, but it's one of the things that you got to do after you piss, especially if you're in a fucking gas station washroom, restroom. Toilet. Well, some people probably don't. Well, nobody you know, well, don't Put it this to. way. If we're all going to fucking laugh about things, it's more of a fucking washroom than a restroom. I mean, like, you're not going to fall That's asleep. That's true. In that, but, all right. Restroom. And even bathroom. I'm like, there's no bath in there. There's no shower. <laughs> it's a toilet and a fucking basin. Or, you know, a sink. It's like, anyway. Man, it's yeah. Anyways, we should probably fucking, I mean, uh, we got to wrap this up. Let's we, wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. My sweetheart is waiting for me. I wish, we're gonna, supposed to be playing Elder Scrolls so, online. So, we will, yeah. we'll talk about Killer Instinct next time. But yes, I have I have played it. I like the soundtrack. And I will say, you know, in terms of ki- in, in fighting games with like characters that I, you know, like with Street Fighter and when mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat came out, I said, you know, I, I like the characters more. Killer Instinct is the one game I think is like on par for like making cool characters. Definitely. Like, I liked the ki- the characters because there's a lot of fighting games that people really love, say like Soul Calibur and things like that. But I always find yeah. the character rosters to be like just they're not cool. Like it's just like they're not at all right. I'm looking at the characters and I can't relate to any of these. No, and they just they're just not cool. They look kind of the, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, for good. me it's like why I, I always love Mortal Kombat. It's like I love ninjas, robots, yeah. you know, mutants. Like it's it's got all the stuff that are cool to me. Uh, all the all the other games like the like the Japanese fighting games. It's all like guy with headband, guy with headband and long hair and a staff. And it's just like fuck off. Like I want ninjas and things. Yeah, like, yeah, so boring. But I just want to put this out there quickly. I just what? want to put this out quickly. I'm good at Mortal Kombat too. But Killer Instinct, I'm undefeated. If there's, this this goes out to anybody that wants to challenge me at any point, I haven't played in a while, but it doesn't matter. I've, I've practiced that much that uh, I, I'm looking for a challenge. I was so. never, I was never good at Killer Instinct. I'd never oh, got dude. the flow of it. You would smoke me because I, I, I don't even think I could 
punch you. Like, I mean, I, I'm just terrible at that game. And uh, maybe we'll do a Killer Instinct uh, chat next time. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, Andy. We'll keep it video games. Um, all right, guys. Uh, all right, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Andy. No you problem, one, dude. Mate. It's always fun to chat with you. I love that your segment's <laughs> called Keeping It 80s, yet so far we focused on video games from the 90s, and, uh, <laughs> we're, and, and we're going to keep I on that. I haven't talked about the 80s at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. <laughs> well, hey, to be fair, uh, in Hoo-Ha's lyric, it does say, and some 90s, so we're, we're all good. Hoo-Ha saved me. Yeah. Thanks, Hoo-Ha, you saved me. That was Marco Merrick and Keeping It 80s. Uh, don't worry about that weird kind of abrupt ending there. Uh, originally, Marco ended on a track, and then by the time I edited the show, the artist had pulled that track from their SoundCloud, so then there was nothing for me to play. So I'm just going to play something else instead, because that's the way we roll here, man. Uh, it's a free-form thing. Beyond Synth is... Uh, is uh, <sighs> I really have nothing to say today. Anyway, uh, let's listen to a song. This is a track by Star Generator, and this is Drift Higher.
And that was Drift Higher by Star Generator. And uh, it's a cool track. I dig it. And now let us go to RF Extreme, who has a very interesting story to tell. All right, I'm here again with RF Extreme. How's it going, dude? That's right. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How's the weather down there? Uh, very hot, melting away. It's hot always there, isn't it? Uh, no. Well, yeah, but the uh, <laughs> record. I love any answer that's no. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hot. It, you know, record breaking yesterday was 98 degrees. So it felt like uh, 200 out there. So 200. Well, exaggeration. But it <laughs> felt like it. I'm telling you. I don't think the old people could last two minutes out there. So what have you been up to, man? Since I talked to you last, apparently not too good. I mean, uh, well, good in some ways and bad in others. Uh, I recently got. Uh, banned from Facebook for uh, showing my uh, nice picture of me in the uh, uh, doing some porn. But I didn't show anything naked. <laughs> what do you mean you got banned? Somebody reported the um, unnaked picture. Who did? I don't know. Some idiot. Apparently they give you uh, 24 hours to uh, think about your mistakes. Apparently. <laughs> so, we should clarify here, because this is obviously what we're going to talk about for the next little bit you have led an interesting life yeah <laughs> people can uh, can go back and listen to the episode i did uh, with you from last season where we sort of went through the uh, rf extreme catalog and we talked a lot about kratom and some other stuff but we're not going to talk about any of that today because a few weeks ago you let loose this revelation that you <laughs> we're in a <laughs> We're in a damn porn film. I always want to say Brazzers, but it's the other one. A Reality Kings, where you... <laughs> where you play uh, one of those husbands that likes to... Uh, watch his... <laughs> oh, man. Where you watch your wife uh, having sex with another man. Yeah. I've only watched the teaser... I don't have any membership to these sites, but the teaser told me enough, and the teaser was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So it shows this lady, she comes home with this dude, and she's, like, having sex with this guy, then all of a sudden you, <laughs> you're in the corner of the room and you turn on the light. <laughs> now, the best part was the picture that you posted on Facebook, which was when... <laughs> They're just having sex on the couch, and you sort of walk by and then give the guy the thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. So, I need to know all about this whole thing. So, if people want to know if they feel like having a, a, a horrible Google search, they can type in uh, Reality Kings He Likes to Watch. Is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, how... How did this happen? Uh, well, I have a friend of mine who uh, recruits... He's a casting recruiter for porn films. So basically, Reality Kings is one of those ones that he does. But he called me up. He's like, ah, uh, oh, you want to make some good money? I, I got a perfect spot for you. You just got to call and, you know, talk to you know, this lady and, you know, and she'll uh, guide you through the rest. And I'm like, okay, well... You know, the money's decent, you know, for like six hours. I was like, okay, well, I went ahead and uh, applied for it, and everybody liked what I looked like, I guess. You know, they, they were looking for somebody that fit the profile. 
All right, so yeah, so it's basically the the whole starting of point of that. You know, once the paperwork and everything got situated, we drove to a location, somebody's house that they rented out to, for this particular episode, and which wasn't too far away from me. I would say it was about uh, two miles from my house. <laughs> well, that's Ironic. nice. You could have walked. Yeah, I know. Ironically, but you know, it's crazy. Actually, did you have lines? Like, she said, hey, that's my husband, he likes to watch, but it just looked like you were sort of, like, maniacally, like, grinning in the chair. Like, do you have dialogue in that thing? No. Uh, no dialogue. I mean, unless they put it in there. I haven't really seen the whole thing, but uh, I just, I had to have this uh, really creepy-looking grin, which really does look creepy. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, you succeeded, my friend. Yeah. That- <laughs> Man. Yeah, hey, at least I said, you know what? I make music. I can make porn music for you guys. So, you know, it's kind of a good advertisement, if anything. Did they, uh, did you actually talk to somebody about doing that? Yeah, I talked to uh, the whole crew. Some of the crews are into uh, making music and stuff, uh, believe it or not. Actually, everybody was pretty nice. Uh, I'd have to admit, being there is almost no different than actually watching it. That's how professional they were. It was actually pretty decent in that manner. So. <laughs> well, we're gonna, you know, we're just gonna listen to a track and then we're gonna come back uh, with more RF Extreme. Uh, this is a cool track by Sung. This is Gang Over, the 2017 version. Uh-
was sung. Gang Over, the 2017 version from the album Rework, which is a cool album. But right now, I am chatting with RF Extreme, yeah. who is telling the story of the porn that he was in uh, as the husband who likes to watch. So there's no like audition process then for this role? No. Do you consider it a role? Well, I guess uh, I rolled with it. I mean, uh, I mean, it wasn't hard. I mean, you know, basically sit here, turn this light on, uh, <laughs> look like you're really into it, uh, kind of thing, and uh, look as creepy as you can. And I think I succeeded real well. I made him laugh. You Were know, you I, then there for the whole thing? Like I see in the trailer that there's a few like kind of over the shoulder shots of you. So, were you there for the entire thing, or did they just sort of, like, shoot some inserts with you? Uh, entire thing. Basically, they pre-do things, uh, like the, uh, cum shots, or, or, or could I even say that, or... No, that's or, fine, fine. In, in their squirt shots, uh, which almost got hit. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The um, fucking squirt shots? <laughs> they use... <laughs> no one... Got, what do you mean? Like, you... Are you just saying that because you didn't want to use the word cum shot? Is that the... Yeah, yeah. What's happening? Squirt shots, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be polite here, you know. That's an adult show. Yeah, yeah. It, it is porn, so I guess we can say whatever we want. Yeah, <laughs> but they they actually spray like Jergens soap or whatever on her, like all over her chest and stuff. So what? Was, yeah, yeah. They kind of like preload it first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what you see might not actually be, you know. Mm. Movie magic. I'm right? telling you, man. A peek behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking reality. Wait, so so you're telling me, like, at the very start of the shoot, they just fucking whipped out a bottle of hand the hand lotion and just, like, sprayed it on her? Well, here, here's the thing. Um, Is that just in case the guy can't do it? I don't know. I Actually, I think it's because they, they want to make it look more dramatic. Um, <laughs> Storytelling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess they just don't yeah. show the guy's yeah. dink, then, in the same no, no, shot? No, they, they do. He actually... Uh, he actually explodes, and it, it almost hit me, so I, I had to actually jump out the way. Well, how is that, though? But you were in the other side. No. Well, trust me. I'm in the whole damn thing, so. Wait, so you're not always in that chair? No. I'm, I walk around, and I, you know, I sit on one side, and I sit on the other. Of course, the, uh, the, <laughs> the right side of the couch is my last uh, part that I sit in, so. Right. Um, Unfortunately, uh, that's where uh, all the magic happens over there. Well, when they first start, they start with taking pictures. So, you know, you wait an hour or two, and they just have her spread out and doing all these different things. So I guess they use the pictures for the advertisements and all that. And, mm -hmm. you know, then they do that, and then, then it gets into the scene. So we don't do, like, the beginning scenes right from the beginning. They they go right to the whatever they do. Right. <laughs> It ends up being that um, you're ready now, and they don't really give you much to go on. They just give you, like, a dialogue of what's going on in the whole scene, you know? Basically, the papers just to give you an idea of what's going on. Basically, I just kind of make my, up my own thing. They don't really tell you what to do except for if they don't like that certain shot or whatever the case is, you know? They're such uh, professionals at it that, you know, everything flows real well. You know? So how much directing was going on during this? Quite a bit. You know, and apparently she's been with him in another episode or before, so they kind of get along together. So she's always fluffing him while he's, uh, you know, while they're doing uh, 
change-ups, like in the camera positions and lighting and all that. So she's just blowing him, you know, 24-7 throughout the whole thing. So... Is that considered fluffing? It's funny because whenever people use the word fluffing, I always thought that meant like they were just jerking them off or whatever. But like if they're blowing them, that seems... Is that still considered fluffing? Uh, maybe that's pluffing or something. Or I'm sure that's probably something else. Fluffing. No, it's fluffing. Yeah. But it's <laughs> so a lot of people asked me if I was the fluffer, and I, of course I denied that. I um, figured... I didn't even think they needed fluffer. I, th- I figured just every dude was just on like uh, Viagra now. No. I thought that was just the new way. I, you know, I, honestly, I don't see how guys can do it. Maybe if you're just that damn horny that you have to, or you just wait a long time. I don't know, but I don't see how they can actually uh, do that in front of a lot of people. You know, but that's that's what it takes to be in the porn industry. You know, you got to keep it up. You know, so it starts out you're in the chair, yeah, and then you're walking around the room. So being able to see all of this stuff from the angle that you were at, did that like? destroy any illusions about pornography like having been up close and seeing what's going on you know what's weird about it is i kind of just put my mental state away you know and i just kind of just went with the flow i didn't really you know i'm not used to this and that kind of thing but at the same time it didn't really bother me did you enter a zen state yeah there you go (laughs) a zen porn state yeah exactly Well, listen, uh, we're going to listen to another song, and then we're going to keep talking about this, because this is awesome. All right. This is a track by a dude called Zebra, but it is Z.E.B.A.R. Nope, fuck me. Zebra. Anyway, it's Zebra with dots in the middle of it. And this is a track called Escape from L8.
And that was Escape from L8 by Zebra. And I am here today, right now, with RF Extreme, who just came off uh, acting in a, in a porn. So, in in this particular one, this isn't this isn't the same as like cuckolding because you actually enjoy what you're seeing, right? <laughs> Whereas like a cuckold, it's the same thing where a wife brings a dude home to have sex with, but it's it's to like shame the man because he's weak, right? Is that uh, correct? I would say this is a cuckold, but is it? it? Yeah, I w- well, does it count if you like it though, as the as the husband? Well, that's a good question. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's all still categorized as that because he is watching. But you give the guy the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. So I guess in a way it would be a... God damn it. I'm about to type in what is the definition of fucking cuckold. Hold on. Define cuckold. I hate that word. I know, it's just... Uh... Okay. The husband of an adulteress, often regarded as an object of derision. Um, and then the other one is cuckold a man a cuckold by having a sexual relationship with his wife. So the first the first definition still, you know, notes that there's he's regarded as an object of derision, which means that um, that they're sort of like mocking the dude. Yeah. With, but they weren't really mocking you, were they? I, I think she did mock me in some parts um saying I'm uh, he's bigger than me or something or I'm too small kind of thing or Okay, well never mind, yeah. then it is a cuckold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's in there, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't yeah. know if it made the cut. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but then what would you be grinning about? See, that's a, it's a mix. I, f- I feel like it's there's a lot of things going on. This sounds like a very deep film you are a part of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I guess it's getting a little uh, personal in there. But uh, no, it's not really. It wasn't really bad at all. Both porn stars were uh, very nice. They they talked to me and everything. So they, they seem real, real down to earth, decent people. So. Now, how long did the shoot take? I'd say three hours, you know. But, you know, for me, getting to the place, getting all signed up and uh, then waiting and then, you know, finally getting to the place. And, of course, it started raining real bad. So then they had to dry off a little bit, you know. You know, it took about six hours total of everything. But um, You got paid well for your yeah, time? Yeah, they paid uh, cash. That's uh, good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way I'm kind of a a hooker. I guess you know. <laughs> in a way. In a way. <laughs> Are you still married? Yeah. Did your yeah. wife see this thing? Yeah, yeah. She, she said it's okay because you know she knows it's all uh, an acting thing. You know. Well, it's funny though. People have like funny perceptions because obviously, I mean, it is a professional industry. Yeah. Uh, when you get up to that level too, especially if it's on like one of those like kind of major. Uh, sites, but I imagine, did you have any people, uh, did you have any weird responses from people, like on Facebook, when you posted the fucking... <laughs> I'm just picturing the stupid picture you posted, because it's that it's that frame with you giving the thumbs up, and uh, <laughs> it's just, it's a really funny picture. Uh, I'm going to use that as a emoji or something, you know? It's just great. Oh, do it. Yeah. I've just, uh, I just learned how to make animated GIFs. So, uh, or GIFs, I don't know, yeah. different people pronounce yeah, it differently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that would be an amazing, uh, <laughs> just, just for you giving the thumbs, because I have my own thumbs up GIF that I've been sending people, and, like, the RF Extreme one, if you give them the thumbs up and just sort of, like, blur around the people's genitals so you don't, uh, <laughs> that would be an amazing one. But, yeah, did you get any, like, weird responses from people or people who, like, weren't happy about it or... You know, I got a lot of thumbs up, no downs or anger or anything like that. <laughs> I, I, it, <laughs> 
Even my mom clicked like on it, so I mean, I guess it's okay. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm telling you. I, you know, I was hesitant to do it. I didn't know what to think. And of course, I, if my work got a hold of it, would I get fired over it? You know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, yeah, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I've been in a few movies and what have you and all these other places. But it was like, who gets a chance to be in a porn movie? I mean, you know, it's like, Jesus. You've been involved in a lot of really funny projects. You know, like yeah. the, the more you dig into the, the RF extreme history, I mean, uh, <laughs> wasn't there that there's was that one TV show where you guys were playing like people who had your car towed and you're like running out with garbage no no someone else was having their car towed and then you were running out with garbage bags on what the hell was that one again no i we were we were told to park somewhere in, in a kayak shop in uh south beach and it was one of those like tow truck reality yeah, shows though wasn't yeah, it south beach though yeah and, and and our trainer told us to park there and of course, our trainer tra- uh, dressed us up in trash bags. So, you know, we're at South Beach on the hot, uh, on the sidewalk. So the premise was, it was this episode of this reality show tow truck thing, South Beach Tow, where they basically fake reality show where you park in the wrong place and someone tows your car. Yeah. So in this situation, they were towing your car and you guys were having like someone was giving you a ridiculous workout regime. Was that what was happening? Yeah. And the kayak lady, um, which she actually owns the kayak shop. She came out and uh, said, who's this car? I told him. He says, I told him to park there. And she's like, well, get them out. So he's calling us back. So we're running. And uh, then, of course, the guy in the episode uh, that's towing the, the vehicle is like, what the hell did you do to these people? You know, when they're dressed up in trash bags, I've never you know you're killing these people you know <laughs> basically i see a bicycle like uh, tied to um a parking meter and i just lean on it and the uh, director went with it they were like yeah that's awesome the good thing about in filming and anything is if you can make up stuff that's better than what the dialogue is in anywhere in that part of the dialogue sometimes they go with it and they'll use it yeah yeah it kind of makes it better as an actor because if you can create certain little things that um, the director will love it and, and want to use you more for stuff because you know you end up being his favorite you know but in the in the um, back into the, the porn thing I was making the directors laugh and stuff too I was just making comments with myself to them about uh, what they should say and <laughs> oh, it's just so awesome it's just the uh, well listen we're gonna listen to another track and then maybe we'll uh, wind down here but this has been a lot of fun uh, catching up on this uh this thing this is awesome <laughs> here's a track by dirty trick uh this is be heroes today
And that was Be Heroes Today by Dirty Trick. And I'm here right now with RF Extreme. I have a little catch up here because the uh, last time we spoke was uh, last season. Of course, we were talking about your uh, your amazing foray into porn. I, it would be awesome to. That was like a whole new career, and like you just uh, just are this this dude who's in the background of all these uh, <laughs> well, all these videos. But it'd be great if you got to make music for it. That would obviously be a, more in line with the <laughs> the fact that I love when you're on and that you do make music. But we just end up talking about all this other stuff. So I love that this has been like a nice half an hour segment just about you in a porn. It has nothing porn to do <laughs> with the music you make or just. <laughs> But I just, the second I saw that post, I'm like, all right, well, we got to talk about this. There's yeah. no way we can't talk about uh, yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, forget forget my music right now. I'm in a porn film, bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so was there anything about the experience that was, like, negative or that was weird or that you didn't like? No, there was nothing weird. I mean, other than just watching two people go at it. I mean, you know, but, but they're professionals, you know? Like I said, it's, uh, it's like watching a porn movie uh, live. It's the best way I can describe <laughs> it. <laughs> So what was this about you almost getting splashed, though? Like, I don't understand. So they uh, started the scene with that? The, no, that was towards the end. Uh, literally. Um. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when you were on the couch at that point? Yeah, well, it started with me sitting on the uh, left side of the couch, as if you were looking at the couch straight. Of course, while she's getting pounded, uh, she's just staring at me, like, talking to me, like, uh, you like this shit, you know, that kind of thing. And Did you laugh? I would have laughed, I think. I, I was hard for me not to, but she was just giving you this eye, like, you know, she's really digging this crap, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I guess I gotta play along. Then they would stop, and... She would start fluffing a little more, and then you know we had to go and go to another spot, and they would change up and everything. And so I'm on the right side of the couch now, and this is where all the magic happens, apparently. So I get kind of close. They told me to kind of lean towards them a little bit, and like you know, my face is kind of close, but not really. And that's the scary moment, you know. <laughs> I think that was like the most nervous part of me, you know. Because if I would have gotten shot, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, <laughs> and I wouldn't have gone crazy or anything. But that's what life is like, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm telling you. You've got a rare peek behind the curtain. I think my episode, you know, this one that I'm in here, I think it's probably one of the funniest ones. I mean, there's there's some funny ones, but, you know, like some porn is just really funny. It's just stupid, corny funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this this one here just, you know, a lot of people know me, you know, making music, and then all of a sudden they see me in a porn movie. It's like, what the hell just happened? You know, kind of, the, the music has now changed, you know? <laughs> I just love it. Here's my favorite I like, the idea now that there has to be someone in the scene who whacked off to that movie like like you said you posted that link they found it it was just like haha i'm gonna watch that link with like uh rf extreme and then they ended up beating off uh you just opened up the doors to a whole i don't want to know it had to happen oh, no, the man. odds the odds are it had to happen uh, man yeah. like it had to well hopefully they're looking at her not anybody else <laughs> <laughs> they're just looking right at you they're giving no, you the same man. look that she was giving you <laughs> You just messed me up, man. Well, that's my job. <laughs> this is the filthiest episode of Beyond Synth I think there's I, ever I, been. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I always seem to get my hands dirty. Well, anyways, man, it was uh, it was lovely to catch up with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had some good times, but uh, do you got any uh, parting words or thoughts or anything for this uh, lovely day? Well, yeah, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to all my fans at least and say uh thanks for you know the support and everything that uh they give me out there i mean don't don't have any uh regrets for me uh being in the uh porn movie it was just a uh one night stand (laughs) (laughs) well this is very uh humble and and poetic of you but of course the majority of synthwave listeners are dudes anyway so i can't imagine anyone yeah yeah i mean they all probably wish they were you in that situation yeah well you know i i can say uh she did have a nice body. <laughs> Not as nice as yours, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I would have uh, had to owe them money if I would have taken my shirt off or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, man. Well, listen, it was fun chatting with you again. And uh, keep an eye out for more uh, RF Extreme music. And... Uh, and uh, I'm glad you're living a very fun and interesting life. It's uh, fun f- uh, fun for me to hear about. It. All right, man. Well, thank you very much, man, for the, the interview here. So. <laughs> and that was RF Extreme. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous. Anyways, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Beyond Synth. And tune in next time where we'll be doing it all again. Because that's what uh, happens in this place. And of course, remember, if you want to get a download code for that uh, album, Zayaz from Time Slave Recordings, email me at beyondsynth at gmail.com and tell me you want it. And I thought, uh, in honor of RF Extreme, we would end the show this week with an RF Extreme track. So this is a cool one from RF Extreme called Nowhere. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And now here's RF Extreme with Nowhere.
Oh my god, who the fuck is that? That's my husband, Joe. What the fuck? He's been sitting there the whole time? Kinda likes to watch me get fucked. <laughs>